0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will sleep. Welcome to Text Talk. We're excited about this continuing conversation from Acts chapter 26. We're doing episodes on it all this week. Edwin, what is our text for today?
1: Acts chapter 26, verses 12 through 18. I am reading from the English Standard Version. In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O King, I saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Ooh, can we read the next verse too? You you want me to read the next verse? I think it's just such
0: a great way. Okay.
1: Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Boom.
0: <laughs> I just think You're that's right. great. Been as, there. I mean, as he, it, been in there. as he recounts all of this vision, and then what do you do with that? He said, I was not disobedient. I did, I, I did what he said. So, I, you know, as, as we're tracking along with this talk, um, with this, um, uh, that's probably a, this sermon, this, this defense. Uh, he started out talking about hope and resurrection. Right? And where's the evidence of the resurrection? He's seen. Now he is sharing that he has seen the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus spoke to him, Jesus had a mission for him. And so, because I saw the living Lord Jesus Christ, I begin to act and travel and do what I've done. I've not been disobedient. And amazing some of the things that he's going to do that the Lord told him from the outset he would do. Uh, Being this witness to the Jews, and even to the Gentiles, bringing him even to this moment today. The thing that grabs my attention, and we've talked
1: about this before, but Luke is repeating it again, and so I think it bears repeating. You know, Paul wasn't there when Jesus was crucified. It does not seem so, no. Paul was not there when Jesus was mocked. It does not seem that he was in the crowd that shouted,
0: Crucify him, crucify him. You know, to that end, he really doesn't even put himself um, on on par, I guess, with, with, you know, the 12 traveling around. I, I think about when he refers to his apostleship in 1 Corinthians 15, I was one born, born out, out of, of due, due season. season. Yeah, he wasn't I, there. I really am an apostle. Yeah. Uh, the Lord has selected me. I'm a witness for the resurrection. But, but I wasn't with the, those guys at the beginning. I wasn't there as
1: that was happening. Yeah. Right. But Jesus says, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting.
0: In the, in the vision. Yeah. yeah.
1: In fact, the first thing he says is, Why are you persecuting me? It's not, Why are you persecuting my brethren? It's not, Why are you persecuting my disciples? It's not, Why are you persecuting the citizens of my kingdom? It's, Why are you persecuting me? Yeah. When Paul is, at that time, Saul, when he was persecuting disciples, mm-hmm. when he was casting his vote against Christians, mm-hmm. when he was trying to get them to blaspheme, he wasn't just doing it to the Christians. He was doing it to Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing is, is that as Paul was doing those things to those Christians, Jesus didn't do anything about it. At least not apparently. Nothing You you mean. Uh, lightning, lightning, lightning
0: doesn't come through to uh, strike Saul.
1: Yeah. So you can imagine that Christians m- could get tempted and believe that God is ignoring it. God is missing it. Jesus is doing nothing about it. But what I get from this is, no, no, Jesus is not missing it. Jesus knows it's going on because G- every, every name called is not just to his disciples, but against Jesus. He hears it. Every blow struck mm-hmm. is, is felt by Jesus because it's not just against his citizens. It's against him. He sees it. He knows it, he feels it, and he is going to do something about it. In this instance, what he does about it is he converts the one who (laughs) was leading the persecution. Uh, But he is going to do something about it. And we as Christians and disciples, when we go through stuff, uh, Satan wants us to believe God is ignoring it or missing it,
0: but he's not. So the challenge always for the people of God is to be faithful to God and to the purposes of God. Um, And sometimes that means that in that walk of faith, there'll be wonderful, triumphant moments where we in this life might enjoy seeing the fulfillment of God's plan, some some of the fruit, some of the increase of our labors. And yet it might mean faithfulness to God is suffering something in this moment to only know the glory of God and the reward in the next life. Um, I'm thinking about in the book of Hebrews in the 11th chapter, which we call the chapter of faith, the hall of fame of faith. Mm-hmm. The chapter begins by sharing some of these names that you've heard and the incredible victories and triumphs they had at moments in their life, uh, like an Abraham, like a Noah, like a Moses. Um, and yet notice by the end of the chapter that not all of these stories have these happy endings on earth. Mm. And yet they are still incredible examples of faith. In verse 35, it talks about the wonderful things happened by faith. Women received their dead, raised to life again, which harkens back to the Elijahs and the Elishas, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: And then he goes on to say in the next sentence, others, others of faith, other faithful people, others were tortured not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth, and all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. And so here in these times of faithfulness to God, whether it was these miracles we read about, the dead being raised, or not only were the dead not raised, but the faithful were killed, slain by the sword, There is a promise of God and a goodness of God for all of the faithful in this life that we all might be complete in Christ, no matter what that walk of faith looks like in the circumstance of the moment of our life.
1: I think about some of the names and tying together where you were right there, where I was a moment ago. I think about Samuel. Mm. And you remember when Samuel was proclaiming to the people and they were rejecting him because they wanted a king. Give us a king like the other nations. Now, I believe it was always God's plan to give Israel a king
0: yeah you you see echoes of that in deuteronomy when he gives some teaching about what a king ought to look like absolutely
1: i believe it was always god's plan to give him a king because that was going to pave the way for the king jesus Mm -hmm. but the way it came about was not through faithfulness but through unfaithfulness give us Mm -hmm. a king so that we can be like the nations around us and samuel of course is very upset about this yeah but god says to samuel hey it's not about you they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. And the same thing going on here. Yeah. We go through persecution and they're not persecuting us. They're persecuting our savior, our king. He notices. He sees. Even if he's not doing something about it right now, or at least not apparent that he is doing something
0: about it right now, he is taking note. He will do something about it. Yeah. In, in the book of Hebrews, there's incredible encouragement that they are about to suffer more trials. Uh, it's interesting to me in the 10th chapter uh, that he talks to them, these Christians, these first century Christians, remembering how in early days of the faith, there was terrible persecutions for the faith. And just as we've seen Paul recounting, we know the Lord was right there with him. But here in Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 32, he says, But recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me and my chains, and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. He says, when you started out as Christians, you had terrible persecutions. Some of you were being locked up and in prison. You were sharing your goods, trying to provide for them. You were enduring. You were enduring. And the Lord was witness to all that. But I'll tell you, it does have an effect of grinding down faithfulness. Because at that moment, while the apostle writes to remind them of what it was like in the beginning, notice their current struggle. In verse 24 of that same chapter, he said, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. That there was a time when they were going to jail for Jesus, but now they're having trouble getting out to church, you know? And so there was this effect of forgetting the Lord was with them and the Lord would see them through to the end. He's encouraging them, don't draw back, don't walk away from this, though you're suffering discouragement now. The Lord sees, the Lord's with you.
1: Is this bringing us full circle to where we started this week? The hope of the resurrection? Mm. You know, you allowed the plundering of, you joyfully accepted Mm-hmm. The plundering of your possessions. Why? Because you knew you had something better, something eternal, something eternal, something—a city not made with hands, a mm-hmm. heavenly kingdom, mm-hmm. something else that is coming. Not again, you know. Oh, pie in the sky and the great by and by. I need something right now. Well, what what are we getting right now? They're getting persecution, but yeah. something else is coming—the hope of the
0: resurrection. And so it's important to remember, as the Apostle Paul was declaring, that Jesus was aware of all that and feeling all of that. Even in the book of Hebrews, there's this word of encouragement. In Hebrews 13 and verse 5, he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What do we have? We have the Lord, He is our helper and so we can overcome all in him another
1: passage second thessalonians chapter, th- uh, chapter 1 verse 3 We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you and the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. Mm. This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you are also suffering, since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. When he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed, because our testimony to you was believed. To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. He sees, he knows, he is going to do something about it. Praise the Lord.
0: Amen. We would love to hear what you're learning from the text as you're reading along. Send us an email, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. And now we're going to close the program with a prayer. Our great God and Father, Lord, we thank you for the day that you've given us. And the prayer is just so short and simple. Lord, help us to remember that you are near. Amen. You see, you feel, you're with us. God, help us to stay with you and walk with you courageously another day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.